We've got a code. Use code VOLLEYPOD for 20% off almost anything on the Art of Coaching Volleyball website, including premium memberships, coaching resources, and nearly all books. That's VOLLEYPOD, V-O-L-L-E-Y-P-O-D. Use it to save anytime you're on the site. Are you ready to take your volleyball game to the next level? Every week on the VolleyPod, we talk to two top coaches who share their secrets for success on the court. From drills to build skills to strategies for boosting confidence, you won't want to miss this valuable advice. Tune in now and elevate your game today. Good afternoon and welcome to the VolleyPod. This is a special episode, Todd. How are you today? Doing well and excited for uh, our guest. Yes. We 2024, gotta... we're getting uh, starting with a bang. We have a guest. You want to introduce him? Absolutely. Probably my best friend in the world and a fantastic coach, wealth of experience, and just literally one of the best people that I've been around in my lifetime. Just good hearted. Everyone that I know loves him. And he's got tons of stuff to teach people just about volleyball and sort of the whole process, not just, you know, just skills and stuff, but he's got a great understanding of sort of the whole process. His name's Andrew Clifton. So welcome everyone. Welcome, Andrew. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. I'm so happy to be on here with you guys. Absolutely. Oh, we're fired up, Andrew. Thanks for joining us. Yes. I wanted to get you on for a while. Yeah, this should be fun. Absolutely. So we're just going to get it started. You know the way it works here. When when we got a guest come on, the guest is the uh, the teacher, right? So you're going to be teaching us a skill first. So what do you got for us today? Okay. So uh, for the first skill um, that I want to talk about, it would be serving under pressure. Ooh, I, um, like it. I do a drill um, that I started uh, to do regularly, I want to say about five years ago. Um, I have always believed in um, letting my servers kind of choose their areas. I, I switched to that a few decades ago or about a decade and a half ago where I stopped giving um, areas. And so I've learned to basically try to teach them to serve what I like to call the no zone. And I think I picked that up from you, David. Okay. Um, but that's basically the area where the passers are about two shuffles away. So I like to spend less time on the alleys and things like that. But um, basically in this, in this drill, you have uh, your team break up into threes. So you have a server, you have a counter who's at the net, and you have a scorer, someone who's keeping score. Um, I'm known in the clubs to have like a lot of props. So I bring um, like cut up mouse pads as cones and I set up an elastic for them to serve under. And so, um, basically, each server gets 10 serves. The person at the net is counting those 10 serves and giving the server one ball at a time. The counter is on the other side and counting the points of how many go under the cord and out of the no zone. So there are um, up to two points per serve. If they miss, then it goes minus. And then at the end of 10 serves, the uh, scorekeeper tells the server what her score was, and then the server has to go to the coach and record, tell the, the coach their score to be recorded. Um, over time, 
with the information that I get from the uh, numbers and by watching, I start to figure out who my best servers are. I start to figure out who serves best under pressure and what their specialties are. Are they good at serving high and deep over the core, maybe low and short? So I I start to really figure out my servers um, when we do this drill. That's cool. How do they earn the two points? So um, a two-pointer would go uh, under the cord, which I put about the second white down on the on the antenna. Okay. So um, under the cord is one point, and then out of the no zone is the second point. So you can earn one point if you serve under the corn cord and in the no zone, or um, over the cord and in the no zone. Okay. So hey, explain you're, the you're no zone provo- a little bit for me i'm still i don't have a a clear picture i I think it's uh it's one of those things you and davis share here this no zone and (laughs) i'm going wait what's the no zone (laughs) okay so the no zone instead of working alleys um i draw my um the no zone the area where there we do not want the ball to land Ah, is the no okay now and so i draw a parallel line say Depending on your level, I currently coach 17 um, at Golden West, and I've got our back line, I would say, about a four to four and a half radius like um, area from the line to the end line. So from the no zone line to the end line, they've got about three to four feet maybe to, to kind of hit. And then I'll make another line about eight feet. So that whole area that I carved off they have to serve either in front of it or behind it ah okay nice. okay making them work deep and short more than two even short yeah more than two shuffles okay right right cool got it okay cool and so then the max points i could get is 20 correct and the worst i could do if i have a bad day i'd be minus 10 right if i miss 10 serves so then so you the, have a, a, a pretty big range there, which I like. Watch, because I recorded in a book, so I have all of it recorded, and I can watch kind of their progress. And I can start to see, like, okay, they're getting a hold of their serve now, or this person is missing, and I can watch them during the practice and figure out, maybe this girl um, or boy is really good at serving short and not the deep part of the no zone, but they keep trying for the deep part. So I would talk to them about, you know, playing to their strengths and learning how to get better at their weaknesses. So um, utilizing their practice time when we're not keeping track to work on that deep serve. But when it's time to keep track, you do what's going to get you the most points. I like that idea. Got it. Yeah, it's that idea. I think, you know, we talked to JJ a little bit and he has a, a serving test that he calls it. Oh, so okay. it's it's a similar uh, situation where, hey, it's called a test. He's recording it every time, just like you are. And so there's that pressure that comes with that. Like, yes. hey, it's going in your book. Yep. Um, right. It has pressure, right? That's, that's good stuff. Uh, yeah, and I found that what what really um, makes me kind of chuckle is when I when I introduce it, <clears throat> I can see the nerves on the first day. Like the first day we do it, I've walked on the back line when when players are serving and they're like, "I am so nervous right now." <laughs> and so 
that kind of, I, you know, and it's a little chuckle for us, but it reinforces what I'm going for, which is I want them to be comfortable being uncomfortable back there, but I also want them to trust that I believe in their best serve. So in those tight situations, my teams tend to serve really well with low air because they're, they're in it every day. So I'll say something like, you know, imagine the court, just serve under the court or imagine where that no zone is. Just hit that. Don't look at the player. Look at what you've practiced and try to see that in the game and under pressure opposed to, you know, thinking about how big the point is or how big the serve is. I like that. And I think one of the things I think is that we don't practice as game-like as possible sometimes with serving. It's like we'll do all this game-like competition, and then we're like, okay, serve for two minutes, and we just kind of chill and talk to our assistants and, you know, that kind of thing. And it doesn't really reproduce what they're going to get in game, especially late in game, right, where they're where those nerves hit. Right. They're, sometimes they're in the, yeah. in, their, in the match and they're comfortable. But then when those nerves hit, they need those reps to anchor themselves. Okay. Right. I, got, I got a couple right. questions for you. Okay. So if you have 12 players, then you're running, let's say, four groups of three simultaneously. Is that right? Two servers on each side? Uh, so I have, um, <clears throat> no, they're all serving from the same side. But okay. Yeah. All the uh, same three- side. Four groups of three, um, okay. all serving on the same side. Uh, the scorekeepers are on the opposite side, so they're watching balls go in and out of the zone or in and out of okay, the court. Okay, because you have the zone marked on one side of the court then. That was one of my questions. Right, right. So I only mark it on one side. Um, when I coached in college, I would switch the sides almost every practice. So we weren't, we didn't have one side that we always served on. Oh, that's um, in club, it's a little different because you're in new gyms all the time. So, I mean, it really isn't going to make that big of a difference. But, um, the and then the, the one who counts 10, they're standing at the net just basically with a ball cart. And they throw a new ball. They just, they're feeders. And once they get to 10, then they go stop. And then they so get it's probably stop. about for 10 serves, maybe two minutes? Yeah. Depending on how fast, some go a little faster, some yeah. go a little slower, yeah. but but yeah, it roughly I give myself ten minutes for that drill, uh, okay. about fifteen after warm up, because like David, I give them about a five minute warm up where they're just you know trying to practice those serves. They start standing maybe half court and back up slowly, and then once they get to the back line, now they're they're working out. What am I going to do today? And then I say, okay, let's go start and then they get into their group and go. Oh, so right. that moment where I am just talking to my assistant, is that's around in my practice too. Cool. I like the idea that there's two modes. There's the practice mode and the it's on mode, right? Because you, you need both, right? You need them to practice different stuff and be a little creative and, and not risk the miss, right? And then you also right. need them to know the probability of which one they can hit and execute it. Right. So I really like those two modes and I like them being next to each other like that. Yeah. Okay. Another question. Now, are you doing this once a practice? Do you do it more than once a practice? How does it work? Is it different in different phases of the year? How does it work? I, um, I've heard that serving and passing is the most important skills in the game. So you can only do one at a time sometimes to really focus on it. So I pick serving. Um, there's also another theory out there that says 
And, and I've seen this actually been proven a few times, but whatever you work on first tends to be your best skill. Oh, interesting. So, okay. So you start with it. We start with it. So we warm up our arms, we pepper, we might do some pepper series stuff, and then we serve. Okay. So within, within the first 30 minutes, we're serving. Okay. And so it's just one time per practice. So you, you don't do it, you don't do it again in practice. Right. Right. Okay. They get one shot every day. Okay. And um, if you, if you miss practice, then you get a zero that day. So it also helps me keep roll. I don't have to really take roll in practice. I just look at the serving numbers and I know who was there and not there. Got it. You should give him a negative 10. <laughs> It'll be really tough. <laughs> I'd have kids walking in with like <laughs> diseases and like broken ankles just to keep the numbers. Right. <laughs> uh, nice. All right. Really cool, so, man. Well, yeah. I love it. Anything else about that drill you'd like to add real quick? Um, no, I just, I, you know, I, if you do, if, if coaches out there do try it, I, I highly suggest that they keep track and, um, at first it's slow, but if you stick with it, you'll get some really good information. Um, when I was coaching in college, I found a server that I didn't even know I had by doing this and it changed our matches by maybe like, I don't know, maybe three points a game. Like we added three points a game wow. just by learning who my servers were really cool that's awesome good stuff good stuff right yeah. on well we are on to the scenario so what is the scenario we're talking about today so the scenario that i wanted to discuss today um has to do with me being a, a journeyman of the sport and um it it's advice for new coaches um coaches that have been in the game for a little bit and old coaches on entering new clubs um okay. i've uh I've been coaching 29 years, um, and in those 29 years, I've been to 15 different clubs. Ooh, yeah. five. And I can, five, let me five, jump four. in real quick. Since we're best friends, I'm going to yeah, tell yeah. this quick story. I went to okay. Huntington <laughs> Beach Volleyball Club a year before AC. His name's Andrew Clifton, but I call him AC. I got the 14 twos. He comes in the very next year in his very first year coaching. Second year coaching it was my second year coaching as well. 14 ones. He leapfrogged you. He leapfrogged me <laughs> from a different club. But hey, his care. kids, his kids can serve done. under pressure. That's, that's the right. bottom line. That's right. He gets it done. <laughs> Absolutely. But it was well deserved. But yeah, yeah. That was and that was kind of part of that journey too. Like yes. five like um five of them were boys' clubs and ten of them were girls, and one of them was that club that Davis was uh coaching at. We were roommates at the time too, so it just made more sense for me to for me to switch clubs, but they just ended up giving me that, that team over his. Um, but when, when you're going to these new clubs and I've been at four different regions, so I've been in Colorado, Oregon, Northern California, Southern California, um, each region has something a little different. And it, it was really amazing to see the game of volleyball being taught differently in each region and club so um for the new coaches out there when you get to a club maybe for the first time or you're switching clubs my advice would be gravitate to the coaches that are teaching skill technique and system and then just try to learn like spend your time with those coaches and you will grow as a coach a lot faster 
And it will also give you the opportunity to kind of find who you are as a coach, opposed to um, just being a product of who coached you. And, you know, as a new coach, we are all that. We are just a product of whoever coached us. And we have to kind of go out and figure out what we want to be as a coach. So a that would be my first. Um, hey, let me I, let me put yeah. you on the spot here for with a question. So, uh, are you at yeah. a new club this year? Yeah, yeah. I okay. <laughs> so, uh, so my question would be: Hey, you're a guy that's been coaching 29 years, and you're saying, right. "Hey, when I first go to a club, what I want to do is, uh, you know, hey, you have this, you know, depth and breadth of experience that's far beyond most coaches." And that, and yet you still have the kind of humility to say, Hey, I want to go in and learn. What did you pick up this year? How, how did you approach that this year? Can you give us a concrete example? Yeah. Yeah. And, and so that's for my older coaches too. So like coaches who have been around the game as long as I have, like my advice is find your tribe, but also I'm, I'm a lifelong learner. And so I am always talking volleyball. I mean, Davis and I, yep. um, we probably talk volleyball about <laughs> no no less than once a week. Yeah, um, I would say about four four for, hours for about thirty years. A week. Yeah. <laughs> for like thirty years, yeah. So um, find your tribe, and then when you do, go in and and really learn and, and take away what what fits for you. So if you've been coaching for a long time and you know what works for you, you should still go and and pick things up. Um, in my latest position at Golden West, um, we've just started. Um, but what I'm picking up is there's the environment is actually a, a lot um, different from some of the other states that I was in. It's a lot more lax in the sense of that they, it seems like the kids kind of know the system. They know what they're doing in, in the program. And so it's really allowed me to kind of take a look at myself as a coach and fit into this group as kind of going back to that more um, experience. Um, I would hate to say it this way, but maybe Southern California is kind of more laid back style a little bit where the kids kind of, they, they've been around the sport enough that, that they know um, their techniques and they know their systems and stuff by the time they're 16. Got it. Nice. Good stuff. Um, what else? Then, yeah. Oh, and then I was just going to say for people who are kind of in the middle of their career, um, learn as many techniques and skills and systems as possible. So be that learner. If there's anything that, that I picked up from going to all these places is that I picked up a little bit at all these places and created myself as a coach. So um, I do things that I, I would coach, but I have learned so much from traveling that given me the opportunity to take maybe a part of one drill from Colorado and insert it to another drill I learned in Oregon yes. and make it and, and make it that much better that maybe like someone in Colorado was missing. They just didn't know this part of the drill existed. I think that's a, such a good point. Fun stuff. And, and to that, to that end, right. There's all these coaching, you know, education type things where, you know, this is the way, right? And I think AC is sort of the master of finding the way of ways. Like there's so many different ways to teach stuff and he's sort of 
grabbed onto all these little bits and made it his own. And well, it's, it's fun to evolve, you know, absolutely. it's fun to evolve. That's, I think what keeps us old guys, uh, going, you know, after doing it for a long time, if you're doing the same right. thing over and over, it, it's, it, it can get old, but when, uh, you're always adding and tinkering and experimenting, that's what makes it fun. So fun. Yes. Right. Right on. So, um, yeah, very cool. Very cool. So, Awesome, man. That's a, that's a really cool scenario. I think there's a lot of great stuff. I think that the, at least for me, when I'm, since I've been a more experienced coaches, uh, since I've been become a more experienced coach, there have been times when I go look at things like I would never do that. You know, I wouldn't, you know, and I, and I, Todd, were, Todd and I were talking about this last week. It's like, what do you like? What, what can your eyes pick up that you actually like as you're roaming around the gym versus, you know, and sort of switching right. the mentality. So I, I like that you're thinking like that. That's one of the reasons why we talk all the time. Otherwise, it would have probably been like one and done. <laughs> but right. it's awesome. Well, I, yeah. yeah. Add on that, that um, as a young coach, you know, before I come in on the pod today, I was like thinking back about when I first started. And, and I remember exactly what you said. I would, you know, I was so firm in my beliefs as a coach at a young age before you know, I should have been. And then having to kind of have to take some humility and, and, and really kind of step back and start to learn, um, it really opened my eyes on how much more I there was to teach. You know, I thought I had a lot of it figured out. And I think a lot of young coaches do too. I think it's just the kind of path of being a coach is that you're young and you think you got it all figured out and you figure out later you don't very true for a lot of people i know that was true for me so no that's good stuff really good stuff so just so you know listeners there will be three videos that andrew clifton has on the art of coaching volleyball website that will be in the show notes they have to do with passing and um he's does some great passing stuff as well i know he wasn't really talking about that on the pod but those will be unlocked on there so uh check it out and i guess now we're on to the resource so what do you have for the resource of the week so um, knowing your show, this is a little bit outside of the box, I think, of what you guys are used to for the resource. But I think it's really, I mean, if you know me, you get it too. But um, I think it's going to be really beneficial too. But um, it's a very popular book at this time. It's called The Creative Act, A Way of Being by Rick Rubin. Um, for people that don't know who Rick Rubin is, he is a um, famous um, music producer. Um, he is he's probably one of the most creative and and innovative producers out there he comes up with very creative ways he did the beastie create. boys right who, who, um, who else oh, was he with uh uh he did red hot chili peppers he did jay-z's black album he's done like <laughs> so many Absolutely, yeah he yeah. uh he uh def jam co um co-owner or, or co-creator uh, Okay. So just, yeah, excellent, excellent um, artist. But in the book, it's, it's a lot about being creative. There's a, it's really, there's a lot to it. But the thing that changed my coaching was that I grew up in a time and in uh, on teams of rules and teams where you stuck by the rules of volleyball, you were in the right position, you, you, you had to keep this structure in order to keep the unit together. And um, as J 
generations have changed. I, I was struggling with the most recent generation of trying to get them to follow these rules. Um, after reading and listening to Five Rings by Phil Jackson and, and, that, and this book kind of at the same time, um, it got me to tap into more of a creative mind of a coach and be more creative, which for me, I'm an art major. I'm an artist. I teach art. So I already have this creative kind of outlook on things. And it really kind of helped me um, create a space of mastery and creativity for like practice and games for the kids, opposed to always holding them to rules. So we talked about that serving, that creative, they have that creative time during that warm up, but then they also have that pressure time, like Davis was talking about too. And so it, it really kind of helped me loosen up a little bit. Um, with the generation and it also kind of reinforces what I have been doing a long time being creative by like making up new line lineups that never existed before or like putting kids in positions that they may not be familiar with but I think they could fit or um, saying things differently like just getting creative with trying new stuff and not just getting stuck and being okay with having maybe a few things going at the same time and, and some stuff will stick and some won't, but, but really trying things to make the experience creative for them, but also have the, the athletes master the skills. At the, same time. the volleyball's going artsy, Davis. We're going artsy this week. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I like it. <laughs> no, but I, when, he, when he told me he was going to do that book, I, first of all, I bought it and I gotta buy it. It's, I gotta buy it's it. It's really well worth a read for sure. It's it's really a fascinating it, book, and yeah. um, it definitely is a different take. But you'll definitely take some stuff sort of philosophically from it that is really rich, and um, and the humility that he has after doing all that he's done, and just the way that he approaches that I think is really cool. And and you know my buddy Sean, right? He always talks about coaching jazz, coaching like jazz. Where it's a little take, a little, right. little here yeah, and there, yeah. a little beep up, yeah. you know? <laughs> and uh, so I, I like that idea. I think I don't like robots. I don't want to be a robot, right? So I think yeah. it's it's more fun to coach like that and be like that. I like it. Yeah, it, it, stuff. it is. Thank you. Absolutely. Have, has there been a time when you really felt like, okay, man, I'm in my, uh, you know, I'm in my riff right now. I'm I'm riffing, you know. I'm I'm slapping the bass. <laughs> slapping the bass. Yeah, there is. I there's, and that's the feeling, you know. And that's what I think as coaches sometimes we feed off of is that feeling, like when everything, when when all the parts are on the same beat and everybody's going, and and there's growth and there's and there's um, energy and excitement in the gym. I think that's what you know, keeps us coming back as coaches is we're always looking for that energy and that, that, um, that beautiful jazz piece, as Sean would say. Yeah. Yeah. And there are a lot of different ways to do it. And that's kind of the cool thing. You know, I think you've been around right. enough places to say, wait a minute, this can be successful and this can be successful right, right. and this can be successful. And, uh, the, the old, uh, when, when we first started coaching, we thought we were looking for the way and, uh, you find out no, there isn't the way there are uh, a combination of many ways. And that's the fun thing of uh, putting little bits, bits and pieces together and the, the creative 
uh, mindset to, to do that. So I love it. Fun stuff. Yeah, AC. Super cool. Thank you for coming yeah. on AC. I really appreciate it. And, um, yeah, absolutely. And, um, we'll definitely be talking soon. And, uh, for those, yeah. for those listeners out there, please check us out on Instagram at AOC.thevolleypod and on Twitter at the volleypod where we announce all our new episodes and, um, Thanks again, AC. Thanks a lot, Todd. All right. Well done, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye.